Well, hello, kids, and welcome to this very special Coast to Coast to Coast Roundup episode, episode number 14 of the Eager Beaver podcast, a podcast providing incisive commentary on Canadian politics and general culture. Today, recording day is Monday, November 29th, 2021, and it has been a lovely and sunny autumn day here at the Beaver Lodge. As today, we, unfortunately, bring gloomier news. I'm your host, the Eager Beaver, and I am delighted beyond words that you, my dearest kids, have joined us for this very special episode. Whether you've spent the weekend in, binge-watching your favorite show of the moment, or were on set making TV magic happen, as were Mr. Grizzly and I, all are welcome. Of course, a big thank you goes to our podcast's founding sponsors, The Peppermaster, The Misfy Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com, who love us as much as we love them. Because warm and fuzzy feelings are always a good thing. We had started on this episode in one way, but the rapid emergence and development of news about the Omicron variant of COVID-19 has prompted us to go in a different direction in order to get out information to you as quickly as we can. So kids, without any further ado, here we go! On Friday, November 26th, the World Health Organization announced... So today we are announcing B11529 as a variant of concern named Omicron because it has a large number of mutations, and some of these mutations have worrying characteristics. The variant was first detected by scientists in South Africa and Botswana who sequenced the variant and shared the information with the world. It is important to note here that the fact the variant was first detected there because the scientists in those countries are fortunate enough to possess laboratories equipped to do that kind of work does not necessarily mean the variant emerged from there. The reason for which Omicron is concerning the world scientist is because of the sheer number of mutations in its makeup. Previous variations of concerns such as Alpha, Beta, and Delta had two or three mutations to just one part of the virus. Omicron has about 10 to that same part, and about 30 overall. Some of them, based on what we already know about coronaviruses in general, have mutations in parts of the virus that could potentially impact the transmissibility of the virus, severity of resulting illness, and efficacy of vaccines available to us. News of the emerging variant caused some mild initial panic on stock markets, with the Dow dropping 1,000 points and the TSX tumbling 500. Some of those losses have been regained since, but as we know very little about these variants at this time, bumpy roads may lie ahead as we discover more. Initially, spread had been detected in places such as Israel, Botswana, and Hong Kong, thus prompting many countries, including Canada, to close their doors to a certain number of African countries. Canada stopped travel from South Africa, Botswana, Namibia, Eswatini, Mozambique, and Angola. The USA added Malawi to its list. Israel eventually closed its borders to all countries. Canada had also asked anyone who had traveled to or via these nations in the last 14 days to be tested as quickly as possible and to self-quarantine for the next 14. There will be new restrictions and quarantine requirements for Canadian citizens and permanent residents returning. No word yet on whether this will delay the recently announced suspension of molecular testing for Canadians making fewer than 72-hour trips to the USA. 
While stricter testing and quarantine requirements will definitely help, the travel ban itself seems like a bit of performative action for action's sake, given we, unlike Israel, didn't close our borders to all over the world, including the countries in which Omicron had already been detected. In addition, as detection likes infection, genomic sequencing testing uncovered yesterday, Sunday, the first two cases in Canada. So much for shutting down the border. Those cases were detected in Ottawa, and there's been one more since in the province of Quebec, with at the time of writing four test results pending. The province of Ontario alone is following 375 people at the moment, and it is estimated that about 700 Canadians had returned from these countries in the 14 days preceding November 26th. At the moment, we should not we should be appropriately concerned, but not panicked, as many of the world's scientists, including Dr. Fauci, have informed us that we might have to wait about two weeks to get a better sense of how Omicron impacts transmissibility and severity of the illness, as well as whether it is resistant to current vaccines or treatments. As such, out of an abundance of caution, it is likely wise to go back to being a bit more meticulous about taking universal basic precautions and limiting contact until we know more. Yesterday, I noticed a comment on the Twitter how Brian Adams has tested, uh, he's fully vaccinated and he's tested twice this month for COVID-19. And one of the respondents to the thread says, oh my God, stop getting the jab, it's not helping you. I'm like, you do realize without it, he might very well be dead or severely incapacitated. To which all the anti-vaxxers came out of the woodwork and started screaming and yelling at me. And I mean, you can tell by the way they type out their messages that they are not of the highest caliber on the education level. I'm trying to be polite here. And one individual said, yeah, it doesn't work, da 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 and then, then sent me in an article about doctors are baffled how it's not spreading in Africa. I'm like, bro. Might want to update the Googler on that one because guess what? Mm. Yep, yep. And uh, of most of the African countries, of all of, all of them, uh, South Africa is one of the ones with the highest vaccination rate at the moment, mm-hmm. and that's at about 29 or 30%. Right. Yeah. Right? There are places like Chad where the vaccination rate, fully vaccination rate is 0.1%. Well, I'm worried about Nigeria. I mean, Lagos is a city of what about 30 million people? Yeah, Nigeria is about two percent fully vaccinated uh, at the moment. Oh boy, it's <laughs> yeah. So there's you know, medical doctors are telling us, please get your flu shot this year. Mm. Oh, I got to get it last year. I've got the clinic I got to go to to get mine at my uh, doctor's office. Yeah. So if you didn't get it, especially if you didn't get it last year. Uh, but please get, make sure that you get your flu shot this year. It's very important because mm-hmm. you want to keep the hospitals unclogged. Uh, and this year, uh, when we're going back into closing, you know, closed quarters, uh, they're really recommending to upgrade your cloth masks to KN95s or N95s. There will be a new Canadian version called a CAN95 as well coming out on the market soon mm-hmm. uh, to get those ones because the viruses with the mutations, you know, might it's, get stronger and it's so airborne, better, better coverage. Mm-hmm. If we're going to, we're going to be in uh close and close quarters. And remember, we still have no data and we're only in November, right? We still got January, February, and March to go through. Oh boy. So, so that's plenty of time. Um, so, and uh, 
doctors have noticed a spark in RSV in children, uh, which is a respiratory illness that affects mainly children, but there's been an uptick uh, in in, uh, September and October. Um, So, you know, just we're not done yet. We're not done yet. We're not even close. And now back to our regular episode. Before we dive into the headlines, let's take a moment to welcome to this warble, our podcast wondrous and wicked wordsmith. Hello, Mr. Grizzly. Hey, Mr. Beaver. How you doing? Ooh, there's some extra bass there today. A little tired, a little tired, and um, I'm only on my first cup of coffee, and I'm going to have to make another pot, I think. Mm. Uh, well, you know, if you're doing this on just one pot of coffee, I, uh, I, I'm feeling very, very honored. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one has to do what one has to do. Uh, tell me, what's doing? Um. You're busy, very, very busy with work. Uh, work's been great, though. I'm uh, the new position I have. It's still same employer, but the new position has uh, made a tremendous difference in my life because I I don't hate myself for going into work anymore. Um, and it was that was starting to happen. Um, I, I wasn't challenged anymore uh, mm-hmm. in, in my position, and I felt like I was working an assembly line, just you know, tightening bolts all day long. Yep. Um, you know, speaking metaphorically, of course. Uh, and, and now I'm challenged on a daily basis and I'm working with, um, a lot of people every day and they express gratitude for what I do to help them. It just makes me feel better. It's, it's a tremendous improvement in my life. Mm, I'm glad to hear that because yeah, that's something I say often. I've left jobs in the past for that reason. I mean, if you're spending at least one third of your life there, you have to enjoy going there and enjoy the people you're working with and for. Exactly. Uh, But I was, it was one of those where, well, so the company I worked for was bought by a larger company back in May. And, Mm -hmm. um, they said all the right things. Um, but, uh, since the full uh, melding amalgamation takeover, I don't know what word to, to apply there, since that's taken place, mm. a lot of changes have taken place that mm, the old guard, the, 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 you know, the, the guys I've been working with for the past three years, we're all kind of you know, shaking our heads. I know that uh, one individual is basically, he's you know, ready, to, ready to walk away. Another guy, is, he's, he's on the same thing. It's just the, the changes that they're making to us not good, and and um, the way that people are treated is, is questionable. Um, it, you know, it's very early stages, so I don't want to make a final judgment call. But the warm and fuzzies aren't aren't happening. But because the position I've been given, um, and I can't I can't delve into it, but the position that I'm in right now, it's it's I'm very happy, and I'll I'll leave it at that. I'm very happy, and hopefully it continues for how long I don't know. Um, but I'm very happy. And, and like you say, when, when you, you know, spend a third of your life at a place, you should like it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully for the rest of it, it's just some speed bumps and growing pains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm glad that you've uh, landed well. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm very happy. Uh, you know, there's no change in money or anything like that, but um when when you're happy with what you do, the money is not as important. I mean, money's always important, right? I wish it wasn't. 
I really mm-hmm. wish it wasn't, uh, but it is. Um, but when you know, when you're happy going to work every day, a little less That's money. Cool. Yeah, it's exactly. It's worth its weight in gold, literally. Yeah, yeah. It's an intangible value, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, at my end, uh, it, it was a weird. It's been two weeks since we did a show, so uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's been a lots going on, uh, and there's two major things. Uh, one, uh, there was one day where I just felt crappy mm-hmm. um, because uh, with the play that we're doing, I had to reschedule some curling matches because there were some conflicts. Right. So there was a day last week where we had rescheduled and such such that there were three in that day, and the first one. We were down by three, tied it up, then they scored five. Mm. The second one was against a team that was way better than us. And after three ends, we were up four zero. Then they scored five. <laughs> Lost both <laughs> matches. And then later that evening, we played another one against a team that was better than us. And we were tied going to the last end. And we had hammer. And on their last shot, they did something freakishly impossible that made it such that their rock was ahead of ours by one eighth of an inch and there was no way in and we lost again. Wow, that, uh, that's a bummer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to cry. I actually went home and like wrote, because when I get sad, I write. And I wrote, you know, like this, these are days like this make you want to quit the game. And like 10 minutes later, I actually went and deleted it. It's like, what am I doing? I love this game. There's <laughs> but, no crying oh, and curling. There's no crying and curling. You know that. Oh, God. I so wanted to cry. <laughs> I so wanted to cry. Uh, but then uh, last weekend, you know, that, that was the low. And then last week it was the high because uh, you and I got to go uh, do some extra work on mm-hmm. a film shoot. Yes. Did you get paid? Uh, I actually have been so busy this week because this is like the last 10 days. Like we open uh, on the play on December 2nd. So this it's yeah, there's been not one moment that's mine. So I actually, there's a couple of things that have slipped uh, this week and that's one of them. But uh, yes, I do need to send them my contact information to get paid. (laughs) Well, I sent mine in, but I've I've not heard back from them at all. So maybe I'll follow up this week. It sometimes takes a few weeks. And Uh, I figured as much, but I didn't get any sort of acknowledgement. Oh yeah. So that, like, that's typical as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, been yeah. a while since I've done this type of thing. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so, but it was an interesting uh, project because uh, it was, uh, it's, uh, I found out a little bit more about it after from one of our castmates. Hello, Aaron. Um, uh, it's a, it's going to be a six hour mini series mm-hmm. called Pour Toi Flora. It's in French, mm-hmm. uh, which means for you, Flora. Uh, and it's, uh, the um, talent wrangler when we when we were there made it uh, a point uh, to tell us you know what the story was about and uh, following a fictional family through uh, the whole residential school experience mm-hmm. and the uh, lingering effects intergenerational effects afterwards uh, and she made a point of saying that uh, the whole cast and crew had really bought into this concept and made it a point that you know it was important for us to be respectful. I I I, uh, I got that vibe from everybody on set, and uh, I thought I thought the uh, the gentleman who played the part of the professor, mm-hmm. he was very convincing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I told mm-hmm. him that I pulled him aside. I said, "Dude, that was that was awesome." I go, "You 
you had me convinced. I'm like, I wanted to take a class with you. <laughs> he goes, really? Yeah. I go, yeah, no, uh, you, you played the part very well. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, well, anyway, Aaron sent me an article a couple of days after, and uh, there's a reason uh, there's something that happened uh, on the set of this. Nothing malicious, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. just goes to show, you know, lack of knowledge and how we're ignorant. Now we need to learn more. Uh, and apparently they were doing a scene with young children and they had asked for them to do beat a background extras, interactive extras, like we are in small speaking sparts. Um, and uh, there was one family where they, they had booked two of the children. Uh, one of them had short hair. One of them had long hair. Okay. Right. And as was the case on, you know, on the set the day, but we were there, there were some people that came and asked if some of us were willing to cut our hair. Like we were playing police officers, you know, I had longer hair and they want, you know, most police officers have some type of shaved thing in the back, uh, you know, and no problem for me. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and wondered if I was willing and, you know, I couldn't because of my, the play that's coming, but I managed to tie them back, you know, very small, but there was another person that had longer hair and said no. And yeah, and they were fine. They respected that. And that was cool. Well, the same thing happened with these two children. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is that back in the day of residential schools, if you were a child, you had long hair, they cut your hair off. So yeah. for the scene, you needed that. So they asked the child with long hair, if he'd be willing to cut his hair. But in 2021, if an indigenous child comes on the set with long hair, there's probably a reason for which (laughs) this child has chosen to have long hair. And it's probably cultural. Mm -hmm. It's probably spiritual. Mm -hmm. So the asking of the questions struck, you know, the family as, Mm -hmm. "Mm, whoa, but they made it very clear that, it was nothing malicious and mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. everybody was properly apologetic and, and learned from the experience right clearly because it showed on our day mm-hmm. right and uh so one child did the child with short hair did get to do the on-camera stuff but they found a way to involve the other child on the production side oh cool cool yeah so everybody got to do something and you know and, and be involved and everybody was treated with respect but it's just one of those things right mm-hmm. You don't know what you don't know. Yes, yeah, yeah. Again, like you said, it wasn't a malicious thing. It just, and and they're just thinking production mode, right? Exactly. This Con- is what the scene needs to time. Yes, this is what the right. scene needs to look like. They weren't. It, it wasn't being insensitive. Well, I suppose mildly insensitive, but with no intention no to be. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, but and 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 clearly that was to like the family made you know a point of. Like in the in the article, there's a, they make a point of saying that like we knew, but it just goes to show, mm-hmm. you know, like as sometimes as culturally sensitive as you want to be, this, we have blind spots. Oh yes, yes, yes. We Especially do. when we have an objective, mm-hmm. right? It's like we need to have this meeting because we need to have a decision. We need to get this take because you know on the film set time is money. We need to, you know, when there's an objective and you've got that tunnel vision, right? right? Oh yes, absolutely. You're not, you're not thinking outside the box. I don't like to use that term, but that's basically what it boils down to. You're just, you're thinking within a framework. Mm -hmm. And if things are moving fast, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like the moment of, oh, you know, am I being cultural? 
you just <laughs> yeah, you don't uh, know. Yeah. yeah, no. But but again, learning experience for everyone, right? So that in the end, exactly. it worked out well, right? Yeah, and and like I said, for us being on set, it was very clear that it was a uh, case of uh, you know, once you know better, do better, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they did. So, um, so yeah, it was a positive experience. Uh, the show will be out at some point in 2022 mm-hmm. uh, on CBC French. So uh, we'll keep an eye out for it and let you know when it's on. Well, I'll definitely watch the miniseries. I mean, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to subtitle a lot of it because when they start speaking quickly, it's, I'm not able to translate in my head and I have to, cause I can't think in French yet. I'm still working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the way my brain works. It's I'm, I'm not good at linguistics, but I'm great at the accents, you know? so i I have to tell you well halfway there yeah i gotta tell you one funny story from the set i don't know if i told you this it was the young woman doing uh, the continuity um um what would be the title what would be her title on set she's in charge of continuity continuity checker verify i don't know so uh you know between each take she'd take a bunch of photos on her ipad and then (laughs) when they go to do another take she'd double check things so in one of the scenes uh, the sweater i had on has a zipper like it's a half zip sort of thing or three-quarter zip i should say or a quarter zip anyway in one of the scenes the zipper was all the way down and i guess at one point i started to get a little chilly so i pulled it up so she approaches me as they're getting ready to you know because we kept doing blocking she approaches me as we're about to film the scene and she goes excuse me sir uh, could you pull your zipper down i went pardon I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and in my head, I'm thinking, what a strange thing for a woman I've never met to say to me. And then she points to my sweater and holds up the photo. I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious, yes, I'm terribly sorry. But it really it caught me off guard because I was thinking, what? I don't know you. Why would you? Oh, you're just doing your job. And it was nothing. <laughs> I was not sexually harassed on set. Okay. There's no Me Too moment there. It's just... You know, and it was a language thing too, because it was, you know, she, her first language is French. And of course she came to me and spoke to me in French and I was like, I, I'm sorry, pardon me. And then she responded in English, your zipper, take your zipper down. I'm like, but, oh, right. Yes. <laughs> uh, at least the, it wasn't a matter of continuity because you were flying low. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that would be funny. Sir, um, you need to, you need to, you need to reopen the barn door. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. With that, should we get to the news? I think we shall. Right. Let's do this. Coast to coast to coast COVID roundup. In the last two weeks, there was fresh news about vaccines and travel when it comes to Canada. But when it comes to case counts, things were slowly getting better in certain areas of the country, but they were getting worse and faster in other areas, particularly in central Canada. And if one assumes that once again, that's which takes place in Europe occurs here a month and a half or two months later, the fifth wave with Omicron now may be lapping at our shores. We were, I wrote the fifth wave may be lapping at our shores about four or five days ago. And then the Omicron news came out yesterday. So again, this adds context. According to the World Health Organization, greater than half of the world's COVID deaths during the past month have taken place in Europe. According to the New York Times, the four countries with the highest rate of new reported cases over the past week are Austria, Slovakia, Slovenia, 
and the Czech Republic. Lockdown measures are being put back into place in countries such as Austria, the Netherlands, Belgium, Denmark, Switzerland, and Croatia, where such moves have led to violence that needed to be met with police retaliation. On the upside, mortality rates are four to five times lower than during previous waves due to more people being vaccinated, except in Eastern Europe, where deaths from COVID-19 are at a record high. Romania, Bulgaria, and the Balkans are one of the world's biggest COVID hotspots at the moment. Romanian hospitals are reported to be operating at full capacity, and Ukraine is also reportedly in bad shape. With a fully vaccinated rate of nearly 77% for the nation, Canada is expected to fare better than the USA and Germany at 68%, or Russia at 48%. But an unvaccinated 23% among us still means that greater than 8.5 million Canadians are not yet fully vaxxed. And that is a pool definitely big enough to more than fill up our ICUs this winter. Hence, our recommendations to make sure that you're still washing your hands, that get better quality masks. Um, Oh, the other thing on the masks is apparently there's an international standard called ASTM. Uh, that is being used for cloth masks. A lot of cloth mask makers are voluntarily upgrading their standards to make better masks. Mm-hmm. So if you're shopping for one, look for one that has the, you know, like when we look for Canada, the CSA, mm-hmm. Canada mm-hmm. Standards Association or Canadian Standards Association to make sure that everything's a good product. This is ASTM for these masks. Uh, that was on the news yesterday as well. Um, however, vaccinating children will help because COVID has been spreading stealth-like through them Recent studies revealed that for every diagnosed symptomatic child, there were six asymptomatic carriers among them, thus making children much more of an important vector of transmission than first assumed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chime in here with something I don't do. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. You know I don't well, swear, but holy shit. Well, like we've been saying in our previous episode, it had been three weeks in a row that the highest growing demographic even if some other demographics were going down and numbers were sort of seeming constant on the national level, you know, older people were not getting sick as much Mm -hmm. and it was growing and growing and growing in children 12 and under. Uh, And children, some children are dying. How many spikes, how big of a spike do you think we'll see in two to three weeks after the uh, recent U.S. Thanksgiving? In the States? Oh, remember the vaccination rate is low, right? It's what, 52% or something? Uh, I don't know what it is for. uh, I think, uh, yeah, no, fully vaccinated, I think 68 or. Oh, is it that high? I didn't think it was that high. Yeah, yeah, there's been a push since the mandates. Okay. But I mean, but it wasn't that long ago that it was just 58. Yes. I think about a month month and a half ago, we were reporting 58. Uh, But it's 68, but still. That, that's uneven, right? Because mm-hmm. Vermont and whatnot is something like 85% and right. Alabama is like 40% or, right? It, it's, There's it's a joke there, even. but I'm not going to make it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a mess. Yes, it is. Sorry, I, I hit the microphone with my headphones. <laughs> uh, here at home, our national seven-day new infections rolling number continues to climb, but gradually to 19,773, up from 16,401 uh, two weeks ago. 
Now, while 3,372 cases more in all of Canada over two weeks doesn't seem like much, it's important to note that 1,444 of them were confirmed on Thursday alone. Yikes. Mm -hmm. The rate of case increase is accelerating. Best summer ever. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Kenny. The biggest news is that vaccines for children from 5 to 11 years of age inclusively have been approved. Minister of Public Services and Procurement Philomena Tassi confirmed that about 2.9 million doses, enough for each eligible child to receive their first jab, have arrived in Canada, and the very few doses have already been administered. The governments of the provinces of Alberta and British Columbia have announced that they will not be offering vaccinations in schools, whereas those of Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Quebec will. While Health Canada has authorized shots being three weeks apart because that's the data it received, the National Advisory Council on Immunization recommends they be taken eight weeks apart based on real-world data with the adult vaccine in order to generate a stronger response from the immune system, but also to possibly reduce the number of instances of myocarditis or pericarditis, a known potential side effect or adverse reaction. It's very important to note that if your child is four years old presently, but will turn five during the current calendar year, they too are immediately eligible. Vaccination-wise, just prior to them being approved for children five years of age to 11, inclusively, we did hit the 90% mark of Canadians 12 years age and over having received one shot. But now that we've added about another 2.9 million humans to the eligible pool, the numbers shift downward a little. At the time of writing, already greater than 79% of all Canadians and greater than 83% of all eligible Canadians will have received at least one shot. Go Canada. Yes. As there will be an up to two-month gap between jabs for children from five years of age to 11, one can expect the pace at which the percentage of fully vaccinated Canadians rises will slow down temporarily and then pick up again in two months. Presently, greater than 76.5% of all Canadians and 79.5% of eligible Canadians are fully vaccinated. Also, expect Conservative Party of Canada or COVID Party of Canada MP Leslin Lewis to sabotage Aaron O'Toole relatively soon by saying something both really stupid and dangerous about vaccines and children. And go. (laughs) That's... It's coming. Yeah, of course it is. That's warning you. By this time, because she she loves that particular issue of vaccines in children in particular. Isn't she a doctor? Not medical. Oh, okay. Okay. Good to know. Yes. Yeah. Because that's pretty obvious. Mm. Mm -hmm. By the time this episode airs, greater than 1,100,000 booster shots have been, will have been administered. Unlike the first two shots though, after which those who receive them had to wait two weeks for them to take full effect. Studies are shown that the booster requires but 48 hours to start yielding benefit. I so I, accumulation in the body or something. So when, when uh, Minister Anand had uh, started procuring vaccines, uh, I think the government of Canada purchased something like 338 million of them, correct? Or some, somewhere or 380 million or something. Some, every Canadian could be vaccinated 10 times. Yes. And they're going, that's ridiculous. Why? Well, they're looking pretty brilliant with that decision now, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And uh, apparently uh, some of the decisions that we took early earlier to mix and match and, mm-hmm. you know, which people were 
doubtful about because there wasn't a lot of real world data, just clinical trial data. Uh, it seems that in the long run over the course of time, that has proven to be rather wise. So that's, uh, again, something I, I heard in, in the analyses uh, the last couple of days. Uh, I, I, I tried to get my information from various sources, of course, rep, reputable when I, when I you know, collate information and bring it here. Um, but that uh, seems to be a conclusion that uh, that may have indeed been a, a, a wise move that has offered us a little extra protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, stateside, both the CDC and FDA have approved boosters for all Americans. So not just age groups like we have now. So I would expect a similar announcement soon in Canada. Getting as many administered as possible prior to Christmas and the holiday season gatherings, given it's just a 48-hour period, would be advisable. And basically, immunologists are telling us to consider this really as being a three-series vaccine, like the hepatitis ones. Right. You know, there's various ones like that instead of tuna booster. And even the Johnson & Johnson ones that uh, some are have arrived in Canada at the request of the governments of BC and Alberta because it was supposed to be a one-shot dose. Right. Well, that's changed. their efficacy is like 74% as opposed to 94%. So you have to take another one. So literally, I think about around the time, either just before or just after these governments made the requests in the United States, it came out and said that you better just consider it a, a two-shot mm-hmm. vaccine as well, uh, like the other ones. Um, so the advantage... There's some immediate advantage in terms of it being a one shot, uh, but you're gonna you, you need yes. to get that one boosted as well. So it's it's essentially a two shot like the other ones, and eventually they'll probably find that that one will need a third booster as well. Well, they've already started here in the province of Ontario for uh, those eligible, uh, and the eligibility I think starts at age of eighty for a booster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's already started here. I've seen a, I've yeah. seen a few notifications from my. Uh, from Doug Ford's favorite drugstore recently, uh, sending me emails. If you qualify, I'm like, you have all my information. <laughs> you know I'm not 80. <laughs> Fix your algorithm. Oh. When it comes to travel, Ottawa has expanded its lists of recognized vaccines to include Sinopharm, Sinovac, and Covaxin. In addition, the requirement for Canadians who leave the country for 72 hours or fewer to undergo a molecular test costing from $150 to $300 has been eliminated. That might change quickly, right? Yeah, that one went quickly. I don't know how I feel about that, Mm -hmm. especially in light of this new news. Well, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going with it. It's like that could change quickly. Yes, yes. With Omicron. However, yeah, exactly. However, the two-week quarantine at home rule will still apply to children 12 years of age and younger who are not yet fully vaccinated. This means that if you travel or you're planning to travel for the holidays out of country, they may be excluded from in-person classes during the first two weeks of school when you return. Foreign nationals are still required to supply proof of a negative PCR test, however. So that's only applies for Canadian citizens' permanent residents. The, the the loosening of those rules. Right now, like I said, this change concerns me. <laughs> Again, this was written before we found out about Omicron. Right. This change concerns me in that what in that we are doing it as cases are rising both in Ontario and Quebec, the two most populous provinces. As it gets colder, as we go back to closed quarters, and this before we have any data whatsoever to let us know whether that which we are doing right now <laughs> alone will make cases spike. Right. Yeah. We we haven't done a year two 
with Delta, not Alpha or Beta, going around in close and close quarters. Well, we don't know. 22 million people between Ontario and Quebec in a nation of 38 million. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, and, and the large largest part of that population base is in the Quebec City Windsor Corridor, right? So, Right. Yeah. So my biggest concern is that this loosening of the rules is taking place before the Christmas and holiday season break. I was, again, before they announced this, I was already, had already started writing and I said, oh, well, I don't see it. If they do this, I don't see this happening until like the third week of January after mm -hmm. like the three weeks after Christmas and you know, that kind of stuff you know, in time for like March break or whatnot. And we'll have data like for two, three months and all Christmas and see how bad it is. And right, right first and nope, <sighs> seems they went ahead. Uh, it could be okay. I would feel much better had it been announced mid-January, and I would have felt much better if uh, the removal of the 72-hour tests uh, needed to be followed up with some type of spit test that you mailed in five days later from home, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Uh, just to make sure. Uh, but I don't think that there's any similar, any such requirement. So I'm crossing everything, you know, eyes, fingers, toes, legs, <laughs> hoping that we haven't just created ideal conditions for a big wave. Time On the party tell. front, party? Time will tell. Time will tell. On the party front, November 21st was return of Parliament Day, and it started to give us a sense of just how badly Aaron O'Toole's Uncivil Liberties Caucus will hobble him on the issue of vaccine mandates. Will CPC MPs cause a fuss or a ruckus? How long a set of legs will they give to this story? Hmm. Well, it would appear that O'Toole is claiming that 100% of the... No, I don't wanna... ...demo of his party will attempt to enter the House of Commons, claiming they all, all of them, happen to have a valid medical exemption. Hmm. However, as Liberal Party Whip Mark Holland pointed out by citing an assessment from Ontario's Chief Medical Officer of Health, math and logic make that both improbable and implausible. The assessment concluded that roughly one to five people out of 100,000 should qualify for a medical exemption to vaccination for various reasons, such as the rare risk of a severe allergic reaction to a component of the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So roughly one to five people out of 100,000, they're estimating five to 10 of the CPC MPs may be unvaccinated and there's 119 of them? Yeah. So 10 out of 119 when statistics are one to five out of 100,000. Mm -hmm. Either the Conservative Party of Canada is a very, very sickly party <laughs> or we're being BSed. Well, a sidebar to that, a, uh, as you know, I have a, a few friends that work on the Hill. Mm -hmm. One of them is a CPC uh, member of parliament. And uh, there was a post yesterday from that individual about how um, they feel everybody should be back at work in the House of Commons. Mm -hmm. And I responded to the post by saying, yes, I agree with you. Everyone should be back to work in the House of Commons. However... Or are you making that happen? If you're going back to work, you need to be fully vaccinated and have the government of Canada proof thereof. No exemptions. You're not vaccinated, you don't get in. I can't go to the pub 
without showing my proof of vaccination and, and driver's license. I can't yep. get on a train, a boat, a plane. I can't go to a restaurant. I can't go anywhere without proving it. So why do they think they have the right to step into the House of Commons, the people's house, which mm-hmm. we own, mm-hmm. by the way, mm-hmm. Mr. O'Toole and his caucus needs to be reminded of that. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. It's, there are no rules for thee, not for me. Not in this instance. Not allowing it. And I, I let her know. I was very polite because we are friends. But I let her know. I agree with you. Everybody should be back to work. As long as they're fully vaccinated and can prove it. No exemptions. Period. None. Everyone should feel safe in their workplace. Do you yeah. want to sit next to somebody in the House of Commons where th- those tables that two people sit at are about one meter wide? Mm-hmm. There's very little lake. Trust me, I built the House of Commons. I literally built it. Mm. I worked there for months. There's no room in the House of Commons. Mm-hmm. You, you, you move in your chair and the people five rows back feel it. It's yeah. that tight. So if you're going to be in the workplace, you have the right as a Canadian citizen to be safe and feel safe in your workplace. And if you allow those people in who are not vaccinated, would you feel safe? Because I sure as hell wouldn't. I would not at all. Not in not close quarters like that. Hey, it's a, listen, it's, it's the same situation as that, uh, that football player, mm-hmm. right? Was it Aaron Rodgers? I think who, who yep. lied. I guess it's, if all these people are claiming that they have a medical exemption, so, someone's lying. Someone's, someone's lying. lying to get in there. Yep. Someone's misrepresent, misrepresenting and committing fraud in uh, order to create a situation that puts other people's lives and livelihoods at risk. And that's just and, it. Yeah. And let's remember that we have some MPs who are parents with young, young, young children. Mm-hmm. Some female MPs who are parents with babies who are still breastfeeding who will bring them into the House of Commons now and then. Mm-hmm. Do you want to expose children to that? University students that are pages. Right. Political science students here in town. Children, even, even by this decision, children could be affected. Right. And there's just no consideration for anybody else. Like, like okay, I have medical, medical exemption. Fine, you sit up in the gallery in a booth. You don't sit down here next to me. Yeah. People, but you're segregating people. Yeah, it's called being safe, man. You wear a helmet on a motorcycle or a football game. Uh, you know, you put your seatbelt on. You have airbags in your car. You get a headache. You take an aspirin. You wear a condom. Uh, are it's we going to just throw in quarantine is not a new concept. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's been for hundreds of years. Started in Italy. Just like... <sighs> for some curious reason, while giving this hot take on the speech from the throne... COVID party of Canada leader Aaron O'Toole lashed out <laughs> at Mark Holland in a really inexplicable manner at a really odd moment, considering the solemnity of the speech from the throne and just decided, and this was on CBC, like literally minutes after, you know, David Cochran's in the hallways with him handing him the mic. And he accused the liberal party whip of having covered up sexual misconduct. Wait, d- <laughs> what? I mean, clearly this is premeditated and planned because he just lobbed it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. as soon as it was like Pavlovian, he heard the name Mark Paula. Oh, well, he covered up sexual abuse, so you know, we can't believe anything he has to say about anything else ever. 
It's like random. Like we have an expression in French, par rapport. Mm. Like no relation, like total non sequitur to the event, the the mood, the tone. It's just he's going down he's going down he's going down i i have so a, if anyone, i have a if feeling our friend mr chen was correct about his uh, assumption and the yes. letter he wrote he was correct he was correct he's correct so if anyone i mean erin o'toole is now showing us what his true face is mm-hmm. right sick and arthur hamilton on bert chen uh you know uh going after the Asian guy on the council and the female person in the Senate, but not the white guy in the Senate. Of course, <laughs> not. Of course not. Yeah. It's, uh, and now like just randomly throwing out accusations of covering up sexual misconduct. I'm just, so yeah. If anyone had hoped that the CBC would ixnay on the asty nay following the election, you can exhale now. <laughs> it's like <laughs> they're, they're, they're still not, the objective is still not to become a, a credible, reasonable party. They're I'm gonna, still, I'm going to borrow still a line. Doing yeah, they're still doing whatever dance it is they're doing and feeling they're they're happy. They're happy hating Trudeau. I'm going to borrow a line from our good friend, Chris Rock. I don't know the man, actually, but I love his comedy. It's all right if it's all white. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yes. The alt-white party. Because <laughs> we have nice, lovely, wonderful white people. <laughs> <sighs> The great majority, and then we have these types, <laughs> alt white. <laughs> I think that's what I'll start calling them. Yeah, uh, making well, like I said, uh, whatever. Hotel, yeah. <laughs> uh, this one just needs to wake up and smell himself, <laughs> according to CBC News. Though the Liberal Party previously said that just one of its MPs was not vaccinated because of a medical exemption, Holland said Monday that the MP's medical situation evolved such that the member was able to be fully vaccinated. The NDP, the Bloc Québécois, and the Green Party have confirmed that all of their MPs are fully vaccinated. Okay, so every MP of every other party is fully vaccinated, including the one Liberal who did have a valid medical exemption, and the medical situation evolved such that she could get vaccinated. And did. In a context where five to ten out of one hundred thousand people, like, I mean, oh, that oh, that gaslight is—I can smell it. <laughs> like, don't light a match; the place will blow up. NDP uh, <laughs> leader Jagmeet missing in action, <laughs> popped out of the place from which he's been hiding during the BC storm. <laughs> this guy's been nowhere during the BC storm long enough to quip. The Conservative Party should be embarrassed. That's all that is coming out of the party right now. At a time when we should be focused on getting people the help they need, we should be focused on their struggles. They should be embarrassed. Oh, Jagmeet finally decided to attack the conservatives uh, um, two months and seven days after the election date. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the party. A little late. (sighs) Just... (sighs) Kits, I sure hope no allegedly first no do harm, first do no harm doctors granted medical waivers on a flimsy basis. If so, this story will have legs for months. Mm-hmm. Of course, the dingbats and the CPCs repeatedly poke Aaron with a stick in the eye caucus are not doing the poor sucker any favors. Aaron has a lovely bunch of coconuts all in a row. And that row is the back bench. 
Aaron tried to show strength by relegating the nuttiest of his coconuts to seats outside both his core leadership team and parliamentary critics team. And they did not take to it too kindly because no sooner were the positions announced that Senator Denise Batters, representing where else but Saskatchewan to catch COVID, started a petition destined to party members only that so far has garnered 2,700 signatures in favor of an early leadership review for the unloved leader. And another power move, O'Toole booted her from party caucus because he can do that to senators, but not to MPs. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And while Aaron says he wants to put the issue behind him, he and his party's latest attack only keep it alive. Now, kids, if you're not yet familiar with the political stylings of MAGA hat wearing CPC deputy leader Candace Bergen, not the one who played Murphy Brown, she's the Candace Bergen people actually like, Indeed. you're about to. Boo Boo Kitty Bergen loves the spotlight, and now she got profile and a platform. Kids, if you think Pierre Poiliev is the gift that keeps giving, I promise you that with Bergen, not only will the jokes write themselves, it'll be at a frequency such that she'll generate enough material for a few one-woman shows. So anyway, Aaron trots her out to claim that the real reason for which the liberals don't want a hybrid parliament is so that they can avoid accountability. To be spared from the <clears throat> quivering <clears throat> Pierre Pepperidge Schmarms Poiliev's <laughs> questioning would engender presumably <laughs> oh that's funny i've been filing my nails the last two weeks <laughs> clearly so far his the liberals have caused the global inflation crisis Ake has gotten him twice spectacularly spanked by Christian Freeland in the House of Commons, once with a rolled-up National Post containing a story essentially labeling him as Pepe Quixote, and on Twitter by Evan Solomon. But I digress. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, wow, Mr. Solomon, you're not, you're, you're not having it today. Good for you. Yeah. He was on fire. And then like the poor MP, Philip Lawrence, the CBCP that came to, wrote in to Poiliev's aid. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> he got it too. <laughs> so yes, Deputy Leader Boo Boo Kitty of the party, whose MPs won't be able to board a plane or train to get to Ottawa, but also don't want to participate in Parliament or question period virtually. So we don't know who or how many they are, I assume. This person says it is the liberals who are trying to avoid scrutiny, accountability, and tough questions. Okay, sure thing, sister. And Aaron followed it up by issuing a press release stating that hybrid participation must end because MPs need to get back to work. I have no idea why Aaron O'Toole and the CPC are doing this, because last I checked, they too used the hybrid model. It seems to me that they're screaming, well, we sure as hell weren't working. Mm -hmm. That one has levels. Think about it. So if it's true for us, it must be true for the other parties too, right? Because everybody else is as awful as we are. Right? <laughs> Ooh, he gets the buffalo. <clears throat> I'm going to say the buffalo shit is neck high tonight. <laughs> Interesting to note here that someone within the party leaked to the press that O'Toole spent about one million loonies on his virtual studio so that he could avoid interacting with people during the election. But now we have to be in the house. 
Yes. So curious how it's okay for the CBC leader to campaign virtually, apparently because it was reckless to call a campaign during a pandemic and we have to keep people safe. And at that price, but it's not okay for CPC MPs to represent virtually because apparently it's not reckless for 330 MPs plus parliamentary staff to spray droplets in the House of Commons because they yell. <laughs> they like to yell there during QP, though COVID cases numbers are higher now than on election day. And didn't I see him just in the last week? One day he was in Niagara Falls doing a promo commercial, and then he was in Victoria, then Vancouver, then he was back in Toronto. Yeah, so, you know, crazy. screaming about a campaign and, and an election during COVID, and yet rules yeah. for me, if, for thee, not for me. Rubbing up against Terry Fox's statue and then, like, hoping somebody didn't throw him over the falls. Somebody go disinfect <laughs> just, the statue, please. I just, what is it with conservatives and statues? Like, seriously, what's the deal? And I mean, I love Terry Fox. Who doesn't? I mean, he's one of the greatest Canadians that ever lived, right? But, like, dude. But, like, could they show the same love for actual human beings that are alive today? No, 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 no. <laughs> so again, kids, if you're in the market for coherence, constancy, consistency, and clarity, the four C's, the conservatives are not in that business. They're still not in that business, and they're not going to be in that business anytime soon. This PR disaster has more legs than Tina Turner. <laughs> and this is not only because the party is stupidly opposing basic science and public health, but because this so-called debate is being held in the context of the facts that, A, no more than six days ago, CPC MP Richard Lehu, who is fully vaccinated, tested positive for COVID, and B, no more than a week and a day ago, Liberal-appointed Senator for Ontario, Jose Forrest-Nissing, was discharged from hospital on November 14th following a treatment for COVID-19 and died about a week later. And she was fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Okay, We've had the first parliamentarian die mm -hmm. like in the last week. Mm -hmm. And they're still, this, this conflict, one of their own got sick, mm -hmm. a senator has died, mm -hmm. and they still want to bring people into the house. There's no logic. There's no logic there. None. Zero. The empathy chip is busted. Yeah. Right? We've got to upgrade. Upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. So according to the CBC. Her office said Tuesday she had struggled for 15 years with an autoimmune disease affecting her lungs. The Ontario senator was fully vaccinated against COVID-19, but her office said her condition made her more vulnerable to the virus. So even a breakthrough infection of a fellow caucus member and the death of a senatorial colleague resulting from yet another breakthrough infection won't stop the COVID party of Canada to reconsider the wisdom of its we are the merchants of death approach. I've never gotten it. I don't get it. I never will. You and me both, buddy. Hello, kids. It's Mr. Grizzly your friendly neighborhood grizzly bear, who is asking you how much you like this program. And I'm asking you if, well, you like this show, you like what you hear, and we're happy to do this for you, if you'd be willing to, you know, throw us a couple of bucks as a tip. And the reason we do this, with the reason we ask this question is because there are some production costs involved. We're happy to give this to you, but, you know, feel free to send us a couple of dollars over uh, coffee.com. And now the website is ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver.
dollar, two dollars, fifty cents, whatever, whatever you can spare. It helps us with our production costs. Mr. Beaver. That's right, Mr. Grizzly. Uh, if you go to our coffee page, the recommended donation is three dollars, but it can really be anything you want, um, less or more, if you happen to like this show, especially. Um, we reinvest uh, in the show, uh, as you can tell. Uh, the sound quality has improved since uh, episode one, and uh, you know we want to see where this show can go. Uh, hopefully, we can maybe get some correspondence uh, one day, uh, maybe film it uh, for YouTube. Uh, if uh, you guys have any suggestions of what you'd like to see the show become, of course, those are always welcome uh, because you know we do this for you. Um, so yeah, uh, every little bit helps. And of course, if you can't afford anything and you just like the show, then please, you know, that's quite all right. Send us some comments. Let us know what you think of it. Uh, that means just as much to us too. And don't forget the website, www.ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver. Thanks, eh? Let's go region by region. British Columbia. As was the case just over two weeks ago, numbers in BC continue to decline. The situation improves from a fourth wave peak seven-day rolling number of 5,200 to 3042 about two weeks ago to 2380 today. Cases of the AY4.2 strain mutation, also known as Delta Plus, are now being discovered, but the strain is spreading much faster and causing more severe illness in younger people. Alberta. In Alberta, the decline in cases appears to have hit a point of resistance. The seven-day rolling number just about 16 days ago was 2,572. It is now 2,258, but it has bounced up to 3,025 in that period. Also, uh, because the news for Jason Kenney doesn't get better, a two-year-old died of COVID on Kenney's watch. When is he going to be charged? I mean, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not joking anymore. When is he going to be charged for... Uh, Criminal negligence causing death. Yes. Yeah. Breach of public trust, depraved indifference. Take your pick, pick a card, any card. All of the above. Right. Um, and uh, on the good side, uh, not COVID related, but hey, we're going to slip it in. Uh, Kenny, uh, the UCP had a convention and uh, the thing we mentioned, because it used to be, uh, was a quarter of the writing associations that had to demand an early leadership review and the party was trying to change that to a third or more. Uh, well, they passed, they tried to pass a motion for that at the convention and it failed 57% and there was cheering in the crowd when it happened. Yeah, that should tell you something. Yeah, he got to go. Next. Saskatchewan to catch COVID. Saskatchewan's seven-day number had dropped rather quickly from over 1,000 to 190 about 16 days ago. But that victory was short-lived, and the number shot back up to 750 just a few days ago, which was a 295% increase. It seems to be bouncing up and down. Right now, it's at about 537 about two weeks ago, two-thirds of Saskatchewanians who showed up at the ER with COVID were almost immediately transferred to the ICU. People are waiting until too late to go. They don't realize just quickly how quickly they are deteriorating. 
Earlier in the pandemic, a 36-year-old mother of six, Twyla Flamont, died on her sofa. When her now widower called 911, he was instructed to give her CPR, but as he too also had COVID, he had no breath to spare. In another one of Moe's greatest hits, the family of Ken Miller, one of the five ICU patients who died after having been transferred out of province due to Moe's utter incompetence, needed five and a half days to have Miller's body returned to them. Because Miller died of COVID-19, many airlines wouldn't transport him, but his body eventually got as far as Calgary. The government was so unprepared and unhelpful that the funeral home in Saskatoon had somebody drive to Calgary and bring Miller's body home at no charge to the family. It was just very clear that they had no need to bring my dad back. It was just for us. And so they took their time doing it. In the end, they didn't bring my dad back home. The funeral home in Saskatoon stepped in. Said Andrew Miller, one of Ken's two children. (sighs) Kits, every time I think my opinion of Premier Scott Moe can't worsen, I wish he would have been arrested in jail 27 years ago when he killed someone with his car. For some insane reason, he got off instead with a ticket for driving without due care and attention, which is a provincial traffic offense and not a criminal code of Canada matter. It's all right if it's all white. If he had actually been arrested and jailed, I probably would have liked him probably likely would have stopped him from killing many more people nearly two and a half decades later. Indeed. How this heartless, soulless man still has a job is beyond me. I, the government, in other news from Saskatchewan to catch COVID, the government has proposed a safe zone law banning COVID protests within 50 meters of the school, including sidewalks, with designated zones scheduled to sunset in two years and has announced that current restrictions will remain in place for another two months. However, there does not seem to be new or further restrictions. Despite this, and despite the fact that children 12 and under are the fastest rising demographic for infections, the big story last week is how about Minister of Education Dustin Duncan ordered that unvaccinated school-aged children not need to be fully vaccinated in order to participate in school sports, such as a volleyball tournament. Super spreader event. Here, the government of Saskatchewan is allowing participation in after-hours athletics to be considered as if it were the same as participation in one's basic math, history, and English classes. Right? That's like that church back in Nova Scotia mm-hmm. who treated a three-day gathering like it was a regular Sunday service. Yeah. I'm surprised the government government of Saskatchewan didn't issue a jingle with that announcement. COVID for kids, COVID for kids, come on and get your COVID for kids. We'll make them sick and we'll do it quick. COVID for kids. Is there anything that can be done to rid Saskatchewanians of their homicidal and now infanticidal government? Anything at all? Manitoba. Pardon my language, but still a shit show. (laughs) The number has been rising since before we've returned to our regular format. A few weeks ago, it was 937. It got as high as 1,042. (laughs) It's... (laughs) 
cases in Manitoba doubled in the space of three weeks during the current spike, reaching pandemic highs in this wave we've not seen since June. At one point, close to a third of the cases in the province were diagnosed south and west of Winnipeg. The province has announced a fourth cancellation of surgeries since the pandemic started, bringing the surgical case backlog to over 136,000 procedures. Unlike in Saskatchewan, starting in December, children 12 to 17 traveling to participate in sports will need to be fully vaccinated. So they got that one, right? <clears throat> the government is also currently dealing with a strike at the University of Manitoba, which it must settle quickly because it can't afford to be further distracted. But it seems to be as early as about four days ago, new maybe Premier Heather Stephenson stupidly announced that vaccines will not be mandatory for long-term care home staff. Now, of course, this was about one day before we heard about Omicron, so, you know, maybe that will change something, but... Ontario. I'm, done. I'm, done. I'm, done. I'm sorry, before we move on, I just don't, I don't get, I don't get the why. Nope. Why? Why would you not? Uh, why would you not mandate? Because that's going to cost money, and we can't afford to spend it. Instead, we'll let the elderly die. That's but all I can hear, and it's got to be what's going through her bloody head. But it's like we're working hard to get boosters. <laughs> we're spending all the money on the infrastructure, and whatnot, to get boosters for the seniors. Mm-hmm. so that they're okay and we're doing the exact same thing that screwed us over in wave one I know. Uh, cons oh, have very that. short memories it would appear <sighs> oh speaking wow. of cons i gotta do a sidebar just before we get into the COVID details for the province of ontario please because i know you heard about this today and i lost it when i read this you know okay. I'm no fan of Doug Ford. Mm-hmm. Anybody who listens to this show is well aware of that. But it was the FAO report. Mm. In 2020-2021, the Ontario government cut $369 million from Ontario Works. That's the welfare program, right? For the yeah, most the vulnerable back, members? The excess. Yeah. Yeah. $83 million from ODSP, which is disability support, and $137 million from autism support uh, services. He did it in the middle of a pandemic. He is yeah. just punching down on the most vulnerable members of society and he continues to do it. And I swear to God, if I see the man, in, I'm going to punch him in the face. I am livid over this. Livid. And he, he how much of, did he increase our deficit by in the province of Ontario? My voice has gone up a few pitches because I'm so angry right now. And what is his deal with autistic children? He hates anybody who isn't wealthy and white, period. Okay, that's my quote. He's never said that. Let's get that factually correct. This is my personal opinion from what I've observed of the man. I mean, it's just, there's, there's been a specific thing with this government and autistic children. Specific. There's a specific. Cruelty is I the point. It is. What's the... Uh, Exactly. Again, I, I don't advocate violence, but I really want to punch him in the face. Where's the deal with these conservative provincial premiers? 
they punch down on the lowest, most vulnerable members of society. And once you're down on the ground, after they've punched you in the face, they start kicking you repeatedly. I'm so fed up with this. If we don't vote this entire conservative government out in the province of Ontario in June, we deserve everything they do to us. Hmm. All right. Ontario. Uh, when we were originally recording, we were going to say that it's good news, bad news for Ontario because <laughs> numbers were such, but all it took was three, three more days to now it's, it's just bad news for Ontario. <laughs> the seven day rolling number is still rising from 3,724 a couple of weeks ago to 5,485 today. The rate of increases had dropped from the previous period, uh, from 39% to 30% when we were going to record originally, but now it has picked up and it's at 47.3%. So it's just taken off. Uh, these are numbers not seen probably since, well, mid-September, now that the numbers have gone up, probably since the summer. Worst yet, a third of the new cases are among school-aged children, according to Minister of Health Christine Elliott, and thus the Ford government has announced expanded testing options in schools. Quebec. As is the case in Ontario, the seven-day number in Quebec is also rising. Uh, and in Quebec, for some reason, recently, uh, Premier Legault said that teenage students in classes uh, no longer have to wear masks in class and bars and nightclubs can run at full capacity. Uh, he's basically taking the tack that, you know, things are not as bad here as they are in the States and whatnot. So we're good for now. So uh, other than making COVID vaccinations for kids available in schools, not much else from Premier Legault as the numbers are going up. Atlantic Canada. Things are still going poorly in conservative majority New Brunswick. In our previous episode, we reported that the seven-day number there had jumped 49% to about 389 cases. This week, the number jumped as high as 566, which adds another 45.5 to that. The number currently stands at 532, and this is despite uh, Premier Higgs having declared an official state of emergency. In Nova Scotia, the current spike is coming down from 234 to 155. The outbreak at the East Cumberland Lodge claimed two lives. In addition, a resident of a long-term care facility for the intellectually disabled also died. All three deaths can be traced back to staff members who contracted COVID at a multi-day faith gathering organized by the Gospel Light Baptist Church in Amherst, which broke the law by not checking for vaccine status. The pastor of the alleged church, while brushing off the deaths as unfortunate, stated, There are people out there that are trying to shame us, but just because they're trying to shame us doesn't mean we have to be ashamed. I mean, it's an unfortunate thing that happened, but it happened. No need to question. Well, of course, the good pastor wouldn't want anybody to question why something unfortunate happened, they might discover the answer and thus that the responsibility trail leads directly back to him. So the good pastor did what every self-disrespecting demagogue would do, try to create a narrative of humiliation and victimization. I followed what God wanted us to do. We had a great week of meetings. 
My, isn't it convenient that the merchant of death masquerading as a pastor just happened to know, and with such assuredness at that, that God wanted he and his flock together in person, and moreover, that God, allegedly, wanted them to be reckless with the lives of others, and all of that means that neither the pastor nor his sheeple should not be held responsible for the fallout of what it is they chose of their own free will to do. Well, praise the Lord and pass the collection plate. Let's get these science-fearing people an express pass to the kingdom of God. I mean, so long as the pastor and his flock of sheeples had a great week of meetings, who cares how crappy that week of meetings was for everyone else, right? They got there, so pitchfork everyone else. Because <clears throat> I'm sure that's precisely what God wanted them to do, gather while disregarding their duty to adhere to public health requirements like checking the vaccination status of attendees and barring entry to those who did not meet the standard. Me, 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 me. That's all I hear. Once again, it proves true, kids, that the horrible thing about people who say they know exactly what God wants them to do is that, curiously, that which God allegedly wants them to do somehow always seems to dovetail perfectly with that which it is they wanted to do anyway. And, of mm. course, in such a manner that it conveniently absolves them of all responsibility for consequences and outcomes. The pastor is using God as a spiritual shield for his own criminality. Somebody better bring this sinner down to earth real quick. Pastor Robert Smith, clearly not the leader of the singer of the band, The Cure, was personally fined over $2,400. Not enough, but bonus! A police investigation has been opened. Outstanding. Yes. As a consequence, the government of Nova Scotia imposed a new rule. When one member of a household is infected, the entire household has to go into isolation regardless of vaccination or infection status. If a PCR test returns negative after five days, the self-quarantine is lifted. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that's the way to go. Premier Tim Houston, Progressive Conservative Party. He's a progressive conservative, though, correct? Right. Ran on health. Well, he's obviously, you know, adopted the right to, the right tack on this one. We give brickbacks. We give bouquets. This one's a bouquet. It is. It is. That's he's doing. It, he's doing the right thing. Yes. Meanwhile, Newfoundland and Labrador is doing well with 19 cases, and PEI is experiencing a small spike with 27 active cases. Usually, they're at single digits. The territories. The situation in the territories is greatly improving. The spike in the Yukon is abating back down to a rolling day, seven-day number of 81 cases after reaching at least as high as 196. At the spike's peak, the Yukon was recording cases at the per capita rate of 400 cases per 100,000 people. Premier Sandy Silvers declared a state of emergency, which came into effect on Saturday the 13th of November and will go to at least December 3rd. The Northwest Territories are also doing better, going from 64 to 15 cases. Nunavut is, for the third episode in a row, the only COVID-free jurisdiction in Canada. And the source of the drinking water contamination in Hihaluit has been located. A team of engineers from Winnipeg found that fuel residue in the water was caused by a ruptured old oil tank from 1962 that was buried underground. Fixing the water supply in Ihaluit is estimated to cost $180 million. The city's water treatment center is being upgraded, and the territory requested that military assistance be extended until December 1st. 
And that's the Coast to Coast to Coast COVID Roundup. We'll be back to end our show. Stay with us. Hey there, Mr. Grizzly. Hey, Mr. Beaver, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Hey, uh, did you get something in the mail lately? Yes, um, Miss V Mysteries. Yeah, I did too. Awesome, bedside reading. Yes. Um, For those who don't know, the Miss V Mysteries is an LGBTQ plus cozy mystery series written by Delilah Knight. Miss V is 60, trans, and classy, sassy, and a bit smart-assy. From her kitten heels to her chic bob, Miss V is a lady through and through. When her late aunt's lawyer is found murdered, and clutching V's favorite Chanel jacket, she is immediately arrested. Can she find the real killer before the local law puts her away for good? Will she be forced to trade 50s rock and roll for jailhouse blues? Do prisons even have a happy hour? Well, none of the ones I've been in. Wait, what? What? There's a story there. No. We'll talk about that after the ad. Miss V and the Letras Lawyer is the first book in a humorous, cozy mystery series from by ace author Delilah Knight. On sale now wherever ebooks are sold. Paperback copies are also available, or call your local library and ask them to get it in. Signed copies available at www.corvidmoonpublishing.com. That's www.corvidmoonpublishing, all in one word, .com. The Miss V Mysteries. You need to be reading it. Well, kids, uh, it's been a long one all about COVID, but... Uh... Things are developing fast, and we hadn't been with you for a few weeks, so there was lots to catch up on. Um, we will hope to have some shows about other topics. <laughs> we hope to have some shows soon that we can touch on other topics because a lot has happened. Uh, you know, National Truth and Reconciliation Day, COP twenty six, speech from the throne. Um, so yeah, we want to get into these subjects too. We're not ignoring them. We're trying to get guests uh, to speak with, speak uh, to them, and uh, and trying to uh, you know put some packages together. But uh, we may just have to. We may try a use Beaver Bites format, maybe right. Well, it is the silly season, right? So I mean, everybody's extremely busy, and there's a lot going on on the planet right now. So trying to trying to line up uh, interviewees is not so easy. And you and I are both excruciatingly busy at the moment. So. Yeah. So, uh, but we'll try to like, so if, but if you're just wondering how come they've never talked about COP26, it's not, we're not ignoring them. We, 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 or the economy (laughs) inflation, Uh, you know, well, we're going to get to them. We're going to find a way to, to do them uh, and bring you some content on that. Um, Just before we go uh, some very, very last minute updates. Um, The first cases of Omicron detected in Canada have been in travelers who have arrived from Nigeria which is not one of the countries that are on the initial travel ban list. Mm. So this would be an indication that Omicron has already traveled way further than even the average person would have assumed here already. So it's spreading relatively fast. Um, And uh, when we were talking about the data in Quebec, uh, between shows, uh, I I didn't uh, report any numbers, uh, but the increase in cases has been over 80%. Wow. 
Yeah. And he's not putting in any other new methods and just comparing himself to the worst cases and saying, you know, yeah, it's okay. They're doing worse than us. So we're okay. Um, Yeah. That's not, that's not a good, that's not a good policy. Yeah. There's these, there's a certain group of premiers who seem to be once again, waiting to see if the modeling will come true before. And you know, it's, uh, this is like, this will be way five now. When will you learn? Well, I'm kind of surprised because even though Legault started poorly out of the gate, you got to remember March break starts a week earlier in yeah. Quebec than it does in Ontario, right? Right, so, so you can't fall in completely, right? No, I can't because lockdown didn't happen until everybody came back from vacation. Exactly. Fair. After that, he did, I'd say, one of the better jobs of any of the premiers in, in the country considering they were in the worst shape. Yes. By a large margin. Mm-hmm. I mean, he took really strict approaches and I think he made the right decisions. What the hell he's doing now? I have no idea. I know. It's just, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a money thing. I don't know what else it could be. Does COVID bring about the end of money? I know that's a really large philosophical, bigger picture question, Mm -hmm. but if we start to have lockdowns again and people can't do, you know, uh, do jobs that will be replaced by robots and AI within five or 10 years. If they can't do them now, do we mm-hmm. just create the UBI or do we just find a way to, you know, barter or I, I like what happens? I don't have an answer, but a UBI I think will be coming much sooner than anybody expected. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, and, uh, just so the kits know, uh, when we bring our data, uh, and our information, uh, because you know we want them to know this uh, to you. Um, we get our data from uh, the COVID-19 Canadian Outbreak Tracker, which is uh, related, uh, I think, I believe, or modeled on the same uh, software as the John Hopkins University ones. Uh, we bring our vaccination data from the COVID-19 Tracker Canada, which is, uh, you know, We've got that from you. Uh, we get our information uh, from doctors like uh, interviews with Dr. Isaac Bogosh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Dr. David Kessler, who is the former head of the FDA, Dr. Lenora Saxinger. Um, we're not pulling it from social media. Let's put it that way. Yeah, we're so just to just to know because we never talk about the sources and where we get our information. We haven't done that, and so just I want you guys to know for the media leader CPs, we're not just pulling this out of there. We're trying to curate the absolute best information from the most credible sources and to try to package it for you so that you don't have to worry more than you have to, right? It's not time to panic, but it's time to be appropriately concerned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Approach right? it with caution. Take your yeah. precautions, right? Yeah. Right now, there's more that we don't know about Omicron than we do. And we're going to be finding out a lot. Uh, all these doctors say that it's going to be about two weeks. Uh, you know, researchers and scientists in South Africa and Botswana, about one hour after they sent the genomic sequence to everyone, they started testing them to see if how they respond to vaccines. So the world is on it. So if we just have a little patience for about two to three weeks, take some additional caution in this period where we have an unknown, we should have some answers as to whether or not, you know, what we're doing already in the vaccines and treatments that we have are okay, whether or not we need to do more. So just for the next three weeks, just play safe, play safe, right? We'll know soon enough. It's not going to be forever until we know this. And at least if it is bad, then, you know, you will not have exposed yourself during the blind spot period. Exactly. And so just 
take care of yourselves, be kind to each other, <laughs> right? Uh, if you liked this podcast, uh, you can find us on Google, Spotify, Apple, and Mixcloud. Uh, and please tell your friends, retweets, shares, gentle corrections, constructive criticism, compliments, requests, positive reviews, particularly, I guess everybody asks for these on podcasts, but we never have. But, you know, if there's Google reviews and you see some stars that you can click, I'm not exactly sure how it all works, but click them. <laughs> Apparently, uh, that boosts you uh, in the, there are charts and whatnot, and you start to rank and more people find you. So uh, if you want to help people find us, give us a rating. Apparently that helps. And I won't ask you to give us five stars. If you do, that's great, but give us what you think we deserve. But it seems that ratings do help. And finally, if you really, really, really like this podcast and wish to encourage us to do more, we work for tips. Please feel free to buy a cup of coffee for Mr. Grizzly here or a mug of hot chocolate for me via our coffee page at ko-fi.com slash eagerbeaver. That's ko-fi.com slash eagerbeaver, all in lowercase letters. From the Beaver Lodge, this is your eager beaver saying, until next time, dear kids, it can be a tough world out there, so be kind to and gentle with yourself. Uh, Mr. Grizzly, words of wisdom. I'm just, um, I'm at a loss for words today. I'm still reeling over that report on Doug Ford. I really am. I just... Enraged is the lightest possible term I can think of to describe the emotions I'm feeling right now. You can't fight a pandemic on the cheap. And he's cutting services to the most vulnerable members of the, of the province of Ontario. It's, it's cruelty. It's cruelty. Oh, but he gave a big tax break to his billionaire developers to build a highway through the green belt that nobody wants. So... <sighs> Like you always say, be kind to and gentle with yourselves, because right now, I'm enraged. The True North Eager Beaver Podcast is an Eager Beaver Mr. Grizzly collaboration. Research, story, and guest curation, and copywritten by the Eager Beaver. Record, recording, production, editing, and additional research by Mr. Grizzly. Music courtesy of Bandsound Royalty Free Music. Once again... Thank you to our founding sponsors, Peppermaster, The Misfi Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.